0: Hey, Micah. David Benioff calling. Sorry I missed you. I will try you again later. Bye-bye.
1: Hey, I'm Christina Rea. Welcome to Breaking Out of Breaking In, a practical filmmaking podcast about taking your creative career into your own hands, breaking down all the things that are holding you back and making great work that gets seen without playing the Hollywood game
2: or at least while changing the rules. I'm Bree Castellini, your other co-host, and today we're breaking down finding your dream team. If you'd like to suggest a new topic, send us a compliment, ask a question, or otherwise get in touch. You can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at breakingoutpod or via email breakingoutofbreakinginpod at gmail.com. But before we get to our topic today, we've got a new set of pipes for you. So welcome, Micah. You want to introduce yourself? Hi, uh, I'm Micah Khan. Nice to meet you all. Please send compliments. I need them. (laughs) Um. Yes. This episode, Christina and I are not accepting any compliments. Only Micah compliments. Uh (laughs) Oh, I need them. I I mean, Christina and I go way back. We
0: met like, I would say like seven or eight years ago now. I'm an indie filmmaker and no budget, mostly because I'm poor. (laughs) Uh. Relatable. Yeah, (laughs) topical. But my, my journey really just started just like, you know, I decided to make films. I did a couple of feature films in New York City as an actor. And I realized I didn't want to be an actor. But I loved what was going on behind the scenes and like the decision making. And I like I love problem solving. I'm always just that naturally that kind of person's like, how can I help? What can I do? So like, I kind of like moved back home to like here in Albany, New York. And uh, I went to a production school, which was the new school, so I can learn how to light, edit and do visual effects myself. So that's, I learned how to do everything myself, so I didn't have to kind of rely on people. So it started off with me doing most positions, wearing multiple hats and just trying to figure out how to make these short films. And I I slowly started getting better at them. Like, you know, it was for a while, it was like me, like duct taping, like a boom to my backpack and like holding it here and having like a, like a rig on like a camera, and just like shooting this way. Like if you watch one of my old short films, which I keep on YouTube because I'm like, Whatever, man, it's a, it's a time. But Yogi Battle was just like, I had a boom duct tape to me. Back when I first started making films, I had a very gung-ho mentality. Like, well, let's just get it done. Let's just get it done. But as I feel like my quality started to get better, I started to take more time with stuff. So, like, I you know I went from making, like, seven or eight short films a year to, like, two. Maybe, maybe I'm down to one now. Like I literally. That still just,
2: feels no. like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh my god! But they were terrible. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, they were not. They were not good short films. They were like, I, I don't think I started to really figure out what I was doing as a filmmaker until I made my action film, The Summit, which got went into which got into a bunch of film festivals that I just shot in like an Osmo, like for like after the Battle of the Bastards came out in like Game of Thrones, I felt really inspired. I'm like, I'm gonna make a sword fight on top of a mountain and it's going to be amazing (laughs) and it i didn't realize that i had to hike a mountain to do get to the top of the mountain and so that was really hard uh i thought i was gonna sean bean about it it, it, i thought (laughs) i was gonna die up there i'm not gonna lie to you i'm not gonna (laughs) i came back and then like i made a couple other short films here and there that really weren't me where i was just trying to feel like i was trying to sound like other filmmakers like i mean i went through my edgar wright phase i went through my kevin smith phase like i went through like all those weird phases where you're imitating filmmakers. And then, you know, I slowly started to figure out how I like to make films. And so then I made this film called Safe House that did really well. And it won Robert Rodriguez's People's Network Showcase Contest out of like a few, like 10,000 submissions and it premiered on El Rey Network as part of his, his uh, showcase. And then that went, I went on to make, after that, my latest short film, which was Me Cute on Dance World, took off online. People seemed to really like it. Um, ben Stiller tweeted it, which was really cool. Mark Guggenheim, the showrunner of Legends of Tomorrow. Asif Kapadia retweeted it, which is really cool. I'm a big fan. <laughs> it's been the best calling card short film I've had thus far. Like, you know, David Benioff watched it. Kathleen Kennedy watched it. Like, a, Can you like, talk about
1: that a little bit? Because I think for listeners, it's important to know that they're not just like discovering that short, right? Like you're actively trying to get. Oh people my God. Yeah. No, no, it. no.
0: nobody's coming for you. I just, I realized this last <laughs> night uh, and I made, I, I posted a very angry tweet about it. Cause I'm like, I'm doing all this work and I thought somebody would come for me at this point, but I'm like, yo, yeah, nobody's coming. I just got to do my own thing. And like, that's the thing with this industry is like, if you're not coming from absolute wealth, no one's coming for you. Like not to knock on my wealthy friends at all, but like they have it a little easier in the sense that they can just do this full time. You know, mm-hmm. like we, we don't have that benefit because we have to pay rent and we have to figure out like where my next job is coming from, you know, where's my next, like I'm constantly stressed out about where my next paycheck's coming from. But that being said, um, so with the David Benioff thing is, like i went i my girlfriend and i we didn't get like anything at the austin film festival last year but we were like no matter what let's go let's go to the festival and like let's just try to network and let's just try to meet people and i went to this bar with my girlfriend and i'm like yo i have a feeling I have a weird feeling that David Benioff is going to show up. And she's like, you're crazy. And I'm like, (laughs) and I'm, and I'm hanging out at the bar and then somebody comes in. It's like, yo, David Benioff's at the bar. And I was like, shut up. And I, I, I took that as a, like a, a sign from the universe to just go talk to him. So I ended up sitting there talking to him for a while and he gave me his email at the end of it. And I didn't, and I literally ended the conversation was like, you don't know me yet. But I'm going to direct something you write, and he was like, "All right, here's my email <laughs> and so and so we stayed in touch after that, which was really awesome. I could play you a voicemail he left me too, which is my my trophy that i keep <laughs> to all your listeners can listen yes to it. please have, do people are like you shouldn't show this off i'm like yo people have to understand like i'm a no budget filmmaker and one of the the guy who made the most expensive tv show of all time called me and it's like i like your films a lot <laughs> like that's my like little like that that just keeps me going every day like I'm you should like, put a mm. quote
2: of the voicemail on your resume like on your cv when you submit for it's, jobs
0: Actually so um he gave me a really great pull quote to use on MeQ. So That's if you, awesome. If you if you look at the poster for cute on Dance World, it says and I'll quote from the top, it says, Never seen anything quite like it before. I was smiling the whole way through. It's fresh, original, and kicks ass. David Benioff. He's nicer than he needs to be. I'm all that's all I'm saying.
1: Hey my David Benioff calling. Sorry I missed you. I will
0: try you again later. Bye bye. Did you guys hear that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I missed this call because I was driving my dad to surgery.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. That's the best voicemail I've ever heard. <laughs> Especially with the buildup. We've been waiting for this voicemail in case I have cut this out in editing listeners for like I'll five s- I'll minutes. Send I'll
0: send it to you. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. I'll send you the actual, I don't care anymore. Like, this is the thing is like, I think that the, this industry is super, super private about what like goes into this industry. Like, yeah. it's so private about like, they, they, they don't, they don't want to tell you like how they got certain things. And mm-hmm. like, I'll tell you, like, I just met him at a bar and he liked me. That's it. Like
2: so, yeah. Let's take a step back. What does yeah, the yeah. approach look like? Like, actually, walk me through this night. Paint me a word picture. How did you <laughs> approach?
0: How did I approach Benny? Oh my god. Well, first of all, I was I was uh, two drinks down. Um, Great. And so that okay. really helped. That didn't really helped. But like, I think the thing is, is that like, you can't approach people just being with your hands out. Like, hey, like I want something from you, and I I, yeah. I never try to do that. Like, I never try to be the type of person who's just like hey give me stuff please i deserve it because truthfully maybe it's my imposter syndrome and i'm like i don't think i deserve it (laughs) but i'm a huge fan of game of thrones like i i know a lot of people if if people know one thing about me is that i'm a huge ridiculous fan of game of thrones and still am even though i was severely disappointed by it ending i threw like these big game of thrones parties i was not okay in the mind
2: (laughs) yeah, Um, that was the one show that me and my roommates even after we stopped living together would come together for once a once a week somebody had an hbo like temporary (laughs) account we would trade off who had to get the free trial and we would watch that together every week
0: yeah exactly um so i mean when when i when i heard he was there i was just like you know what i gotta tell this guy like yo your show (laughs) influenced me like it's like Battle of the Bastards is really what set me on my path to try to figure out like what I liked in this industry and like how I like to film stuff so I really just talked to him about Game of Thrones for a little bit and how like what about it specifically like the the different approaches to the characters that I really loved and then and then we talked about action movies for a while somehow the conversation went to action movies and and then yeah eventually he uh obviously like I was like listen, man, like, you don't know me right now, but I promise you, like, I'm going to direct something that you write someday. Like, I feel like that's better than saying, hey, give me something to do. I'm like, listen, I'm gonna do this thing. And like, yeah. and we're gonna work together. Like, and I think he liked that. That's my my guess is that he liked it. I don't know. I never asked.
1: I'm wondering if were there other people waiting to talk to him? Or were you just like, oh, 100% time? Uh,
0: there was there were people trying to talk to like everyone there Uh, somehow the conversation just kept coming back to me and I appreciated that like he clearly was enjoying talking to me I mean I don't know uh I don't want to assume but he called me so I'm assuming (laughs) I'm assuming he liked me somehow
2: well it sounds like you guys had stuff in common that didn't have to do with you being thirsty for a job like it just you just don't get me wrong I'm still
0: thirsty for a job (laughs) but you you (laughs) managed to quench that thirst (laughs) (laughs) you hit it I want that job. I want that job real bad. And, you know, (laughs) um, I've been, I've been this whole year, um, you know, q has been really good for me in the sense that like, you know, it was the best film I've done so far. And, and it's because, you know, it, uh, maybe we, we can talk about this later. It's because I found my collaborators and they, they went a hundred percent as hard as they could to help me make the best film I could, but we can, I mean, Oh, so let let me, the Kathleen Kennedy thing, um, the whole Lucasfilms thing that happened, Uh, was dumb luck. And I'm not even sure if I should admit this out loud, but I went to the Sony hacks website and I looked up her, like the email she was using when she got hacked and using that, I guessed her Lucasfilms email (laughs) and I sent her an email and I did not expect a response. And then I got a response from her head of development saying like, hey, Kathleen forward your email to me. Um, can I watch your film? And then she watched it and I can send you the screenshot of that email too, if you'd like, <laughs> uh, I don't care. I really don't care. Like, That's awesome. you know, it's all like, I think what it comes down to is that like, if I wasn't absolutely hundred percent sure in the film that I just made, I wouldn't have sent that email. Like I, but I knew that I actually had something good finally like that I can send to people and go, Hey, this is my one shot. Here it is. Like I made this film and it's, it's doing really well. And I think you'd enjoy it. And I think with a lot of these, like, bigger, like, not that these people have come into my life and changed them at all. But, like, I think with a lot of these bigger producers, you only really get one shot to impress them. Because they, they I mean, they meet with impressive people all the time. You know, like, especially mm-hmm. Lucasfilms, especially, like, HBO, people like that. Like, they're meeting with the best of the best all the time. And so, if anybody listening is like, yeah, you can take the shot, man. You could, you could find it. You can track these emails down. You can You can track people down. But you really, you really have to be secure in yourself to know, I have something like and it's not it's got to come from a place that's not just like your ego saying I'm the shit. Like you most of the time, like I thought my first short film was going to get into Sundance. Like that's how (laughs) like, that's how big my ego was back then. And then I realized after I got rejected from every film festival that like, oh, shit, I'm not that good. And then I worked and I I worked and I worked and it took me five years to get to where I am right now where I'm like, oh, shit. I know what I'm doing now. Like I'm not. I don't feel the same fear that like going into a film. I'm like, oh, I know how I like to tell stories now. You know, there's that bullshit cl- like cliche that I thought like for the longest time was just like people trying to keep you down. With like, you gotta find your voice. You find it eventually. Like you, and you don't know when it's gonna happen. You just gotta. The, the biggest thing is that you have to keep practicing. You have to keep making these no budget short mm-hmm. films. You have to keep making films. And you have to keep understanding, like, how you like to make those films. And the, I feel like the more you make, I mean, Christina, how many features do you have? Like, you're, and now you, and you, like, about a donkey is where it really started to kick off, right?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, like, a whole conversation. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I have two features, a web series, and like a dozen. Yeah,
0: charts. you're you're constantly creating, and I'm surprised nobody's given you a fucking budget yet. Sorry if I curse. Like I'm surprised <laughs> no. Oh, nobody. No, we are gonna
2: be cursing. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: I'm I'm surprised nobody's come for you already. Like you know, but that's the thing is like that's that's what I I'm convinced is I don't think nobody's I don't think anybody's coming. I think you have to keep make your own right. at this point you find your people and you 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 trek through that jungle together you might meet new people along the way they're like hey i know a new I, i i can help you i know how to get across this obstacle and uh and sometimes you don't and sometimes you'll meet people who don't have your best interests they just want to take advantage of you and that happens. People, there are people out there that want to take advantage of you. Let's not pretend like it doesn't exist. Just because we're all creatives, like there are, pe- there are people out there who want to take the best of you and make it the best of them. It's funny. I just posted a status and said, if a production is asking for a rockstar PA, they're gonna, su- they're gonna subject you to abuse. I'm set. Like they're oh, just God, looking yeah. for. If like we're looking for a team player. I'm like, oh yeah, they're gonna be dick to you. Like <laughs> they're gonna take advantage of you every way they can, and then at the end of the shoot, they're gonna be like, good job. And it's to You're going to feel like you're actually being treated like a human. And that's going to give you the illusion that you've bonded over your trials and tribulations. But you, really, they just abused you for like six months.
2: Micah, you've mentioned it a couple of times. You've actually sort of found our segue for us. So let's let's segue into collaborators. So you said yeah. that you started out acting in New York. How old were you when you were acting?
0: Probably 19 or 20. Yeah, I was I was a little too too young to be in the city alone, I feel uh (laughs) i i thought the world was my uh everything and then this is gonna sound so pretentious and i'm so sorry but um (laughs) i think filmmaking really helped me understand me and my own flaws and my own toxic behaviors and i think that i've been exploring that in my films ever since the things that people hide within themselves and like those toxic traits that you inherit from your parents all that baggage and I've always been trying to create films that kind of start a conversation or are about those internal emotions. and like even in my action films, they they're <laughs> they it sounds so stupid, but like it's always like my action films are even about people fighting back against you know unexpected situations. And part of me feels like they're about like my life and how I've had to deal with certain things and how I wish I could have dealt with certain things. And
2: how did you get into acting? Were you like a theater kid in high school?
0: No, I wanted to be. Um, but I never got into any plays. I actually was a I was on the wrestling team in high school and then I quit wrestling to audition for Beauty and the Beast and then I didn't get it and then every day I had to deal with my wrestling team calling me a loser. Uh um, <laughs> It was weird. I mean, the high school was toxic. Let's just, uh, just say that out loud right now. I went to a very majority, like, Caucasian high school that basically was very racist. Asked me about my Munchkin story, and I will tell you how it's implicated in a plot to assassinate former President Obama because of my high school's racism. <laughs> oh <my God.
1: laughs> Jesus. This is in Albany?
0: This is in uh, I, uh, East Greenbush, yeah. New York. Shout out to Columbia High School. But yeah, I mean, so I eventually transitioned into, like, filmmaking after I really decided to you know, when I moved back up to Albany, my my whole, my whole thought process was that I'd make these films to be in them. And then like, as I started to make them, I'm like, oh, well, this actor, this local actor I saw in this play would be much better in this role. And then like, slowly, I started to like, eliminate myself from my own movies. And I'm like, well, this person be better. And then I realized like, oh, these people would be so much better because this is what they do. You know, like, and it started to like, you start to realize that you can't do everything and you can't like, you're not as good as you think you are. And so eventually I started working with, you know, my, my collaborators, my, my oldest collaborators, like Ulysses Gonzalez, John Mechner and Christina Noriega, like, and all those, those people that I've worked with almost in there all my films now.
2: How did you meet them? Okay.
0: So John, I met, uh, I think I just auditioned him for my first short film, exactly what you need. And, I cast him as the villain role in that. And then we just started working on everything together. Ulysses and I did a web series when I was like 18 uh, or 19. Like we did a web series together and uh, we just stayed in touch. And so like we... Eventually, when I started making short films, I asked him first, and he would always, like, say yes or no. And and uh, Christina, I met at, uh, oh, sorry, Kristen, I met, I don't know if you remember, Christina. Did you ever go to Film Interchange? Yeah. Yeah, I met Christina, uh, Kristen, sorry. I met Kristen at Film Interchange, like, 10 years ago, I feel, at this point. What's Eight years Film ago? Interchange?
1: It was Meetup in New York that was originally called Film Forward.
0: Mm-hmm. It was
1: started by Jen. Mellow? mellow Jen mellow yeah yes. um it was just like a meetup group where every time they would have like a guest speaker and then there would be like networking time after and was i it
2: affiliated when affiliated
1: with anything it wasn't affiliated with anything no it was it was actually it's funny it's how i found the people lounge which was our original IndieWorks venue in the lower east side because she started hosting them there and i was like oh this place is cool but that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was in 2012 when I yeah. was going. I went to a few and I just, I met Jen at some festival and she told me to come. And so then I was like, oh, let me check it out. And I think sometimes it was free and sometimes it was like 10 or $12 at the door. And I often went when it was free. Um, as to, or like I would volunteer time with something so that I could get into the ones that cost money. But yeah, I stopped going after a while because... I felt like it was a lot of green people, which I was at the beginning, but then it had kind of like I I was getting into festivals and like going to bigger networking things. I would still show up, especially when she started asking me to be a speaker.
0: I think Christina and I met there too. I'm just not quite yeah. sure. I feel like we met at Film Interchange. I believe
1: we did. I think it was, it was like everything in New York where it's kind of like what you make of it, right? Because there's going to be a lot of like egotistical people. There are going to be mm. a lot of people that overhype what they've actually done and what they're actually able to do and it's Mm -hmm. a lot of people wanting to see what they can get out of you right yeah it's not like this authentic connection but then there are occasional situations if you really like give it a shot where you can just have a conversation with someone Mm -hmm. and it could turn into something and so I didn't find any of my main collaborators at those but I did find people that I've generally like stayed in touch with who, whose work yeah. I've enjoyed watching.
0: Yeah. I think that what I learned from all these networking events is that like you're never, these people who are already a little bit ahead of you, like, especially like I, I hate to cause I've never met anybody on those, those events like that were like higher up that like stayed in touch with me, except for maybe one person who like, mm-hmm. but never, they never really help you. They just kind of like, you want to talk ideas, like let's talk ideas for days. But like, what I've noticed is that it's the people you network with laterally that you end up working like yes. that, that always bring the ladder back like for you, you know, like I, I've, mm-hmm. I've, and I think, I wish that people would listen to me more often when I say like, then again, maybe I'm an asshole because I networked with David off at a bar, but, but <laughs> I'm like, he, he hasn't helped me, you know, but my friends have like these people, like they're not going to bring the ladder down for you. Cause I don't know. Network laterally is what I'm trying to say. It's like, they, no one's, no one's going to, No one. No one. Absolutely. If
1: and also like, just sorry. We should definitely talk more about your collaborators. But when I think about my own, I have had a similar trajectory in terms of like getting better and making a lot of stuff to get there. Right, because I think that's how everyone starts and should start. But. My, a big part of why I would say my work has gotten better is because my collaborators have gotten better, not because they're new people, but because we grew together. And so now my DP, who is like way out of my price range, if I (laughs) didn't know them (laughs) Mm. would be suit, like is, is cost me nothing. Right. Because we, we have grown together. And so we, so we work for each other for way cheaper right. or for free versus like if I were trying to pursue that caliber of a DP now or even way back then without having built that foundation. Right. And without right. like that sort of system that we've built together.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, as long as you, you eventually find those people, like I feel like everyone goes through that phase where you just meet the talkers and then you start you slowly start meeting the doers and then, some mm-hmm. of the doers are not good people and some of the doers are good people and you tend to gravitate towards the good people and, and then you start to grow. Like and that's the biggest thing is like for a lot of filmmakers, is like you gotta know that you're not that good. You're not Quentin Tarantino. Like you're you gotta work. You gotta learn to get better and you have to grow. Like you're not gonna be making the best films you make right off the bat. I, I hate to say this, maybe somebody on the comments will eventually say, Oh, I'm an asshole for saying this, but like you're not that good yet. And I learned it. I thought I was gonna be amazing at this, but I sucked for so long. And I think a lot of people need to see past that. Nobody sees that they suck until someone tells them, I guess, and then you start to grow. And then you start to get better. You start to get better. And then you start to get better. And then, you, like, I've gotten to the phase where I can't watch my old short films, but Me Cute, I can watch. Like, I'm like, I can, every time it comes mm-hmm. on, I can watch it. I'm like, that's a huge win for me because, like, I'm not cringing when I watch it. So let's, I guess, let's talk about how I got to that phase, you know, where I met the collaborators that I work with now. So obviously, like, I, w- I went through this huge phase of, like, trying to make these, like, no budget fee- like short films and, you know, work my way up. I worked my way through different collaborators, too, oddly enough like no where some people we just didn't work well together or they they uh, had their own egos like I had a sound guy who kind of ruined one of my short films in the sense that he was like I want to do creative stuff like he would hold the mic like six feet away from people and be like it's a creative decision I'm like and then like I remember (laughs) like oh my god And, and the worst part about that that shoot was like all the people that I was like working with were all his friends and so like when I was like I really need you to put the mic in front of the thing and then they would all be like well let him do his creative thing like you know even the dp was like he's making choices and he's going to it's going to be more interesting for the audio and then when you get the post you can't hear anything and i'm oh, like God. and then he's like oh i'll fix it i'll fix it and i'm like and he never and then he bailed and then so um that was that was tough to deal with i remember and i don't really work with those people anymore which sucks because they're good people they're just not they had their own way of making films, and they didn't want to come together and make that film together.
2: Yeah, it's hard when you meet one person who brings in a bunch of other people, but if that one yeah. person, like the, the the connector, is kind of a jerk, even if everyone else is lovely, they're always going to be loyal to them first, and that right. can be really hard, because then you lose like a whole crew's worth of people, sometimes mid-film, because I've definitely had that scenario right. too. And that's right. why you just got to meet as many people as possible. And sometimes yeah. like one of the people will stick around, even though you met right. them through this other toxic person. Mm-hmm. And then that person will know a couple others. And now that they're the link, it gets a little better. It's it's all about evolution. You're not going to find your dream team immediately. Right. Yeah, that's
0: right. Right. But it. so it was that film. So I spent a lot of time in post trying to fix the audio and cutting out as much as I could to keep the, the story as lean as possible without having to deal with, and you know, admittedly, like it still had audio issues. Like it still had a ton of audio issues, but I tried to fix them as much as I can and put the film out there. Um, and so that film got into one film festival. Um, and in that film festival, I met my current collaborator, John Yost, who I've made a bunch of films with now. Safe House, we made for about maybe 1,000, 1,500 bucks. And that was cool. Uh, of my own money that I put in and, you know, that was our first collaboration together. The other thing is with, with a lot of these people that I've collaborated with now, like, you know, I've worked with Yost on the cabinet uh, with Victoria and Safe House and then he brings his crew in, which uh, which is, there's a DP named Jim Powers of Westfield Films, like they've done commercials anywhere from like Kangol to L.L. Uh, to L. Bean and like a bunch of other stuff and they're really good and really, really nice people and one of the promises I try to make people on film sets, like like since I have no budget, like I tell people like I, we're not going to work more than 6 hours a day. So like I try to write films and and plan films for not filming anything over 6 hours because if people are working for free and if people are working for food, I'm not working 12-hour days. I'm not overworking people. I know. I know it's like it's, it's other people are like, "Oh, it's like boot camp." But like I I don't want to overwork. That's I mean, just me. This is my personal and yo and John, my my producer agrees with me, and he like he's like that's perfect. Let's let's not work people over six six hours. And so it's me. Does cute. that include
2: like breaks and stuff? Uh yeah, it includes
0: breaks. So we do we do like a 40, like thirty to forty minute break in between. And me cute, we made in two six hour days. So like, and that that also dictates the style of film that I try to make. Like, I don't try to do stuff that's uh, dialogue heavy because dialogue takes time. Mm-hmm. Some people say that it's a crutch of mine, but I really do love just making as visual as possible short films. If I have a budget, I totally throw lines in there because that's more, like, the more money you have, the more time you have. So like, all these collaborators slowly start to come into like, you know, obviously like I have John, uh, my 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 core actors that I work with, you know, like, I, like, I pick, like, either write roles for them or like try to you know create new stuff for them and like and they i know that they'll come in because they're gonna they're gonna work on something they haven't done before and that's something that i try to do is i try to make stuff that people haven't done before like me cute was a musical and people did not expect that because i just made this like really Hard-hitting action movie right before like that's a really good piece of
2: advice actually. To, yeah. Just really quickly, I wanna I wanna mention that I think something that especially like auteur you know writer director types especially when they're new forget is that like to get people on board it's not just about like you had a good idea because some people mm-hmm. might work for you for that but a lot of times it's what are they getting out of it is your DP gonna get a chance to flex and try out that new piece of equipment right. that they got you know are, are your actors gonna get to add something to their reel that isn't there yet like right. are yours is your sound person gonna get to do a cool soundscape is your production designer gonna have like 50 bucks to go wild with like what are (laughs) other people getting out of this career wise not just is this a good idea and will it help you that will go a long way in getting people to actually want to work with you
0: right and that's the thing is like a lot of people come at it from that place of like i i feel ego and it's like it's my idea this is me this whole film is about me and i i've worked i for me filmmaking got me out of that it got me out of thinking of me like now i think of like what's something fun we can all do that's different you know like and you you Mm -hmm. have to think about your crew you have to think about everyone around you when you're making a movie it's not just you it's everyone and that's why it is the most collaborative medium you can you can try to pretend to think you're david fincher and you know have control over every single aspect of your film but at the end of the day like i don't think i don't think films are mechanical i think they're organic and they evolve and they change and yeah like films can go absolutely wrong sometimes and they can they can completely collapse and you can lose the entire film or you can have the right alchemy and it can be the right chemistry of people on set and that film turns out to be incredible and that happened with me cute like we all clicked so well on that set and that that was seven years of me trying to find the right collaborators and finally all of them were on set together and we all made this dope short film and like I'm excited mm. to see what we can do next, but like that's, that was a that was a journey. That was that was a long time to find people. I, it, it blows my mind when people don't consider the other people on their set. Like there mm. are there are human beings on your set trying to make your vision. And your your job is really just to keep keep the the sales pointing in the right direction. That's your only job as a director. It's like figuring out like how to keep your like the the tone of the story. Right, and I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is they think that directors have to make every single decision. And I think that, I think that no, your your only real decision as a director is to create the tone and to keep the tone the same throughout the film. Like,
2: yeah, you're more like a conductor. <laughs> it is,
0: yeah, it is a hard job. But your your job is to find the right people to bring into that position to to create the right film. You know, and you're going to make the yeah. wrong decision sometimes. Like, I I definitely asked the wrong DPS, the wrong sound guys to be on set. And I've, I've paid for those mistakes. And I've paid, like, I literally have paid for those mistakes in the sense that I didn't get the film that I wanted. You know, I didn't get the, the stuff was off. Audio was off, you know, like, uh, yeah. but you find those people eventually. But you just got to, you have to work for it. Like, you can't, like, all filmmaking is working towards discovering who you are as a filmmaker. And hopefully your collaborators can find something about them in your films. And I think that's the, the worst thing you can do is just think about yourself you know a lot of, and a lot of filmmakers i meet don't even think about their audience they just they're like this is my artistic vision that i'm putting on screen and do you like it you like it <laughs> if you don't fuck you you know like and i think that's wrong like you like even if you're making like this house film consider your audience for me like i i watch arthouse films but like I'm not there to watch somebody's egotistical craziness on screen i'm like am i seeing something i haven't seen before and it's interesting you know i like, think
2: people misplace good for interesting because there's a lot of good films technically but like there's nothing new about them there it's the same film we've seen 18 times cough cough every white male director starting out like they all make the same (laughs) fucking film like the first five years of their career and nothing against them you know again like micah said you're gonna work for five seven years to actually get everything in place to make something like really tremendous but also like Yeah. If your goal is to get people to watch your film, then you have to think about the people watching, not just you. It's not enough to make a good film or a good web series or a good whatever. You have to make something unique, something that people haven't seen before and that they will want to watch, not just admit, yes, you did a competent job. Here's a treat. Like that's, right. that's yeah. nothing.
1: There's, I mean, there's so much content, right? Like right. Y- you, what is the point of anyone watching what you're making unless you're giving them something new, something right. they haven't seen before that they're not getting elsewhere.
0: Right. And that's definitely like, that's definitely the thing is like, you know, if you're, you're going to make something new to guys, like anyone listening, like people aren't going to like it. It's just a fact <laughs> Like, there's going to be people who don't like your film. It's going to happen. I've already been rejected from, three film festivals for me Kid on dance world. And meanwhile, it's been tweeted by Ben Stiller and, you know, like people online love it, but film festivals don't. And this is a part of the other problem is like, it always comes back to diversity and inclusion. It's that problem. All these big film festivals have the same screeners. They're all straight white yeah. people. And yeah. it's like, they only relate to films that are about extent existential dread, depression, or, and they don't choose people of color, like stories by people of color unless it's about our trauma because that's the only time they can honestly feel something about us like all these diversity and inclusion initiatives like you know like we women and people of color like we just want to fit in and the industry doesn't want us to like that's they can try they can they 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 talk a really good game i feel but like like i had a tv director tell me literally to my face i'm not going to help you because diversity programs are keeping me and my friends from paying their mortgages like that's the mentality that's still in the film industry and the tv industry back to the screeners thing is like this is most films in film festivals these big film festivals like the sundance the torontos like they only pick films that are about people of color trauma because it's the only time these white guys that went to film school can be outside of themselves about it otherwise then it's just like oh it's another short film about a person who wants to kill themselves how many fucking times can i watch that movie guys Seriously, like, I can't do it anymore.
2: (laughs) I mean, this is totally speaking to the thesis of our whole podcast is making great work that gets seen without playing the Hollywood game. Like your incredible short film that has a pull quote from uh, David Benioff is something that's going really well on the Internet. And when you Mm -hmm. directly go to the people, but film festivals are turning it away because it's not it doesn't fit into their paradigm. So fuck them. Right.
0: Right. And uh, this is the this is the problem I'm having with the industry is like they only care about our pain and not our, our fun. You know, or with yeah. the exception of like when they have one Indian person, they make an Indian film, and they always throw ho- like the holly scene in it, like where they're throwing colors oh, yeah. at each other. And I'm like, I'm sick of seeing that. Like I'm sick of <laughs> like there's so much more to to India and Pakistan, and South Asian culture than just like the stereotypical stuff. And I'm still trying to figure it out. And that's what I'm trying to do with my films is like trying to create worlds that I'd like to live in, like not not without problems. I don't want to live in a perfect world. I know that there are, there are always going to be problems in people's lives, but like Does it have to come back to our race? Does it have to come back to your sexual preference? Like, can't, like, two lesbians, like, rob a bank and be about their relationship? Like, I'm waiting for the day where, like, they, like, lesbian movies have power, too. Like, and they're not just period pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Like, give them
2: electricity, please. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Micah Khan, give the lesbians electricity.
1: (laughs) It kind of goes back to, again, the thesis of our podcast where it's like, you can't change the system by playing its game right like unless we change who the people in power are Mm -hmm. there's really no way to change it as like one individual pursuing a filmmaking career because at best you just get to be like the token that gets Mm -hmm. through and then you're just like playing this game you're not able to change it from within right and, right. and so we're all about sort of people like yourself who, who are kind of you know you're not rejecting the possibility of getting to that level and getting in the door but you're also taking your career in your own hands and you're getting your work in front of the people who will enjoy it who want to see it right, right?
2: and isn't that the point of making them <laughs> right
0: right like right it's about finding your audience no matter what I do
1: love that and I relate to that I wanted to just kind of as we're wrapping things up talk about how you for the most part are meeting collaborators or just people Mm -hmm. in general and if it is mostly festivals at this point or if there are like specific sites that you that you use that you've found success with especially in terms of casting like how are you casting your roles
0: yeah so um I would say film festivals was the beginning. Like I have film festivals. I met a lot of my collaborators like early on, like John, I met at a film festival. And like, I think the biggest thing is like, if you shouldn't just go for the people who have the shiniest films, go for people that you like their films. Like you like, if, if you like their films, there's something about them that you relate to already. Like that's, there's no hiding who you are in your movies. Like if you, if you see, see a film at a film festival that you like, talk to that person, that person might end up being your collaborator, like me and John which is awesome. And we've worked together on almost everything since 2015, I guess. We've I've worked on his films and he's worked on mine, like. And then what's really been working for me like, you know, in quarantine, I I feel like I've found new collaborators and new writers and that's this mostly through Twitter, honestly. Like I got really active on Twitter and networking and talking to people on there and I I've, I've met, you know, some really interesting people like just talking to them on Zoom and stuff like that and you know, wanting to collaborate with people, like, on like, new, new script ideas, and new, like, because I'm always looking for stuff that's outside of me, too, like, or the stuff that I relate to, but also, like, you know, I might necessarily think about writing myself, because I don't think you can do everything, you know, other than that, it's just, it's paying attention, you know, like, there are film, what like, there are obviously, like, the curated lists online of films and short films, and I think short films is the best way to find collaborators, like, I think that it's it's basically like like you short stories you know like you like when I want to read a novel like like a new try a new author like I read one of their short stories first and see if I like the writing style um the same with short films you know I probably wouldn't go on short of the week because they're a bit pretentious but um yeah. <laughs> but like something like um director's notes or film shortage they they um they play some pretty interesting short films and reach out to those people talk to them you know the, this is the thing is like a lot of people don't move forward because they just don't talk to people they just talk like we're all we're all going through our own stuff that we're uh, nervous about. Or as long as you're not being the wolf, or, like the, the Wall Street type people who already think they're the best. Which I don't think that's the majority of filmmakers. I think all of us are trying to do the best we can. Where else have I met people? Oh my gosh, networking events really like like I again like film interchange, like going to film networking events. Talking to people um, on Twitter, Facebook. I mean, even Facebook. I've talked to people and met them, ended up working with them. And
2: yeah, Twitter's my big place. When I got my my job um, at Stareable, which is a web series community that I helped build, the reason that I started working there is because I would go to the they would have like we uh, monthly happy hours for web series creators, yeah. and all of us knew each other from Twitter, but went because we were like, ooh, they're paying for the drinks. Um, right. And every time I was there, the the guy who eventually became my boss was like, hey, how did you meet this person? Because I've seen them a lot but then you like knew them and I'm like oh it's Twitter he's like how are right. you meeting so many people on Twitter right. so pro tip for web series people especially but even short film people because you know we right. are all the same people uh, web series chat on Twitter is where I met my the first person who ever paid me to produce a web series which was incredible Whoa. Um, every, every Wednesday uh, it's smaller now because it's like a lot of the same people and all of us are like exhausted but every Wednesday Snobby Robot which was an old web series Zine that still exists to some extent but um, is mostly online. Um, He hosts at 11 a.m., Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Web series chat. So hashtag web series chat. And he picks Ooh. a topic, or someone who's guest host. It's that's where I met most people. That's how I learned about Starable, which became my job for two and a half years. And that's that's how I funneled all the people yeah. into Starable. Because yeah, we would just we we just have an hour a week where he picks a topic and we talk about it. So sometimes yeah. it's like, how do you find good locations? How did you meet your cast? Uh, recently, he's been doing a lot of like industry stuff because he's running out of ideas. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, Vimeo is thinking of adding. Uh, like a basically resume portion to your, your Vimeo profile. Yeah. What do you think about this? What would be useful to you about it? And like we all just kind of come together and talk and workshop. And at the end, everyone does shameless self-promos. So like for the <laughs> last five minutes, he's like, All right, now you you assholes can talk about yourselves. And yeah. we'll retweet each other. And I found a bunch of cool work through there. People have found my work. And yeah, I some of those people are are some of my closest friends now because we just yeah. started talking on Twitter. And at first it wasn't like, What can you do for me? It's just like, yo, what's up? We're doing the same thing. And as we got to know each other and realized our sensibilities, like, you know, I've been on panels with these people they programmed me, i programmed them, you yeah. know, they've hired me, I've hired them. And it's just because we had a shared interest and we're not just like me, me, me. We were like, hey, right. how can I help you?
0: Right. It's, it's again, it's, it's networking laterally, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's not trying to reach to like the stars to be like, hey, notice me. It's like, it's the people who are working. And that, I, I noticed that it's the people, you, you'll find the people who are constantly like, you know, they're working because they're working. Like, it's no other way around it. It's like, you, you'll you meet those people who are like, oh, I'm working on this now. Like, oh, I'm filming this now. Like, like those are the people, like, if as long as you're a doer and you're not just like, it's like a group project, right? Like, don't be the guy who doesn't do anything. Like, don't be the guy who, do, like, lets other people do the work and then you take credit. We're all tired of that person. We're all tired of, like, we're tired of, like, That filmmaker that like, lets everyone else do the work for them and then sits there and go, I directed this or I produced this or like, you know.
2: Also work um, travels. That's another thing. Like the way that you get collaborators is don't be a dick to people online, offline at networking events. Like if you shit talk, people know, people pay attention. And like, I've had people send me an email because like, I know a lot of the web series community at this point. And I like, people have emailed me like, hey, this person is casting or this person is hiring. Uh, Do do you know them? What's your, what's your take? And I'll be like, "Mm, don't work for them. Huge right. red flags. Do not do it. Like, I yeah. will recommend three other people if you really need a job, but, like, do right. not work with this person. Don't, <laughs>
0: don't do it. Like, I, you know, it, this the film industry, it feels big when you first start out. Like, it feels like it's insurmountable. Like, it, like, if you had told me, like, I'd be talking to the people that I talk to now, like, back when I first started, I'd be like, you're crazy. Like, like this, this, they're uh, untouchables, right? But, like, the the more you work, the more you prove yourself, the more you collaborate, the more, like, people like you, like, and not just like a superficial like, it's like, you want to be a good person. That's really what it comes down to, because you're a long like, there are obviously like the Brett Ratners of the world who get off and like, get famous for being dicks. But like, you know, don't, we're tired, like, people are tired of it. They're, they're tired of that, like, that auteur, like, uh, douchebaggery that's like, oh, I need, like, the, it's a singular vision, and you're going to do what I want you to do. No, nobody wants that anymore. Like, that's, it's the times are changing they're changing slowly but it's up to us as people to push it to the next level and it takes people to work outside of the system it takes like it takes disruptors to 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 change yeah. the idea of these film like how these film the film industry works you know like if if martin scorsese and the brat, the film school brat pat like they didn't change the way films are being made we would still be making films the old studio way like they 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 took the camera off the tripod and just like hey like let's go figure it out like that's what people need like a, a re um a innovation and reinvention and also just be nice people <laughs> like how do i meet people that i cast is like really like if i like the person that's really i don't really even care if like they're the best actor sometimes because i know that like as a director like if you can get people out of their heads you can get a good performance and like and that's about immersion on onset like it's about And like, Laura, my lead in Meet Cute, I had never worked with before. I didn't even know if she could act, but I knew she could dance. And I was like, it's about, so what I did on set was try to create an atmosphere in which she felt the most comfortable. And like, her friends were extras on set and it was all about dancing. Also, it helps that uh, John Yost, our producer, they're married and he was the producer on set. So like, basically everyone that was at her wedding was on our film set. So like, and she had this incredible performance in it because, and she later, I think, in an interview, uh, a friend of ours interviewed her for like a Medium article. And she's like, oh, like she said this. She's like, everyone I was at that was at my wedding was there. And I felt super comfortable. And I'm like, it worked. <laughs> like, but, and Jamal, my other lead is like, I literally met him in line for a show like five years ago that I got free tickets to at a Broadway show. And I'm like, whatever, I'll, like, I'll go to this thing. And uh, he was there early and I was there early. And we just talked the whole time. We were just like, and so then he's like oh yeah i'm you know he's a he's a professional dancer he's shares dance captain for the last 17 years and i was like listen i'm making this this dance short film it's, it's not share but it's i hope you'll you consider reading the script and maybe you want to be in it and he read it and he's like let's do it and then he was in it <laughs> That's really it like you know yeah. like i really liked his vibe and like you know you you want to feel out people's vibes i feel like and you're gonna make mistakes guys like everyone listening like you're gonna make you're gonna you're gonna collaborate with the wrong people at some places so you're gonna yeah. you're gonna work with the wrong actors you're gonna work with the wrong dp the wrong sound guy it's gonna happen don't beat yourself up about it you gotta like it's try this whole industry is trial and error until you figure yeah. it out it's it's you're gonna fail That's. you're gonna it's it's and you're gonna make the wrong decisions until you don't
1: right it's a marathon
0: right
2: yeah. so exactly. don't get precious about one film if it doesn't go well like it sucks because all of our our babies are perfect but sometimes <laughs> they won't end up being perfect and that's fine you know not every kid grows up to be good some of them I, grow up to be that's a, DPs. that's the <laughs>
0: perfect analogy like your like your DP that you worked with that's a serial killer. like <laughs> like I'm sure the parents had good intentions right like like I'm gonna raise a great baby, and then all of a yeah, sudden, so they're just
2: pointing at. So what we're saying here is, have more kids. <laughs> exactly. That's that's, a,
0: that's, that's a, <laughs> it's, it's
2: it's like living in like um, like early like
0: settlements, right? Like you have seven kids because five of them are gonna die. Like
2: <laughs> 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 this, which is such a dark place. This took a turn. Three <laughs> people have lots of kids because all of them will die.
1: If I can uh, sort of sum up some takeaways that that I have, I think sure. that. and it's very, it very much translates to my sort of trajectory, too. I think you want to be willing to just talk to people, right? Like put yourself out there, go to mm-hmm. events, get online if you're not the type of person to be in person, you know, especially now during COVID, that's not really something you can do anyway. Look for opportunities to meet people and just kind of create connections. Do it authentically, right? You're not like chasing status. You're just talking to people whose work you really do like and, and you're talking about what you have in common and what resonates with both of you or all of you. When you find someone that you vibe with it that works really to the degree that you want, who do they recommend? Who do they want to bring in? Because if you can trust them, Then it's like who do they like that you'll probably like them too? You'll probably vibe well with them too.
2: Right. Yeah, also keep in touch between projects. I've been I've worked on projects before where like I will really vibe with somebody and I might not have a new thing I'm working on yet, but I'll be like, hey do you want to get coffee sometime? Because I hate not being on set with you. Let's keep in touch. And then down the line, we give each other opportunities. Whereas I'll work with the same person on that set and they'll be like, why are you still friends with this person? How come I never get to see them? I'm like, well, did you ask them? Did you ask them to coffee? And they're like, well, no. Like, well, yeah, that's why nobody talks to you because you didn't ask. Like, I was like, I'm obsessed with you. Let's keep talking. Like, that's how I conned Christina into doing a podcast with me because I saw her speak in 2015 and followed her around for five years. Right. And now we are soulmates and have a podcast. <laughs> and it's Sorry. something about her film that got you, right? Like, it's like... It was know. actually, she was doing a, a crowdfunding workshop and she just seemed really chill. And then I, she added me <laughs> to her email list and continued to be very chill and smart and like everything that I wanted to be. Um, and then, you know, slowly but surely I single white female her. her. <laughs> it's, it's that simple, everyone. And that's, and that's how you
0: get them, guys. That's how you... To just reiterate, like, that's if you're at a film festival or if you see somebody's film, like, you're gonna, you're gonna get distracted by the shiny glossy ones, like the ones that look really, really cinematic, but go for the people that you respond to. Find the people that you're, the films, like, even if they're not, like, the best, you know, they don't have a name actor in them or they're not the most cinematic, but, like, if you respond to it, grow with those people. Like, that that's, that's the universe saying... That's who you want yeah. to work with And
1: so often in those cases like not that they're mutually exclusive you can obviously have you know polish and have substance yeah, yeah, yeah. but so often the the films that are all polish, it's really just, they had a budget, they have money, they have access to right. money. <laughs> exactly. And that doesn't mean that they can actually advance your creative aspirations and they're probably not at the like work ethic
2: level that you are
1: because they don't have to work for it quite as right. much, right? Yeah,
2: also they're not going to give you their money. Just pro yeah. tip. Yeah. I've worked <laughs> with people who I saw like really polished shit from and I was like, ooh, I should work with them because if I work for them for free, eventually like they'll, they'll help a sister out. But they're terrible people and I never wanted <laughs> to talk to them again. Never. And also they're never going to give me their money. I have to actually marry them and divorce them slash murder them in order to get their money. And that seems like a lot of energy. Just work (laughs) with poor people who are doing great stuff and you'll be fine.
0: It's actually funny that I'm thinking about it. Like what you said about Christina is exactly what I did with John Yost, my producing partner. Like (laughs) I watched his short film at a film festival. And I'm like, I'm obsessed with your filmmaking. Can we be friends? And that's literally (laughs) how it started. Like, I Mm -hmm. loved his short film so much. I was like, I love your short film. I want to work. Like, I want, I want to be your friend. That's literally where it started. Like, like I need, and then he was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then we stayed friends and I'm still a huge fan of his films. Like I I think he's one of my favorite filmmakers and I'm super happy that I get to collaborate with him, even though we clash, like we still get like, we're friends, obviously. Like we, we disagree. We get angry at each other, but like, to, at the end of the day, like, I'm super glad he's one of my collaborators because he tells me when something's not good. And same with Victoria, my girlfriend. Like, she'll tell me, like, yeah, that short film's not good. You shouldn't do that. Like, you need people who are not going to be your yes men, that are not going to be like, oh, yeah, that's, you're a genius. Let's do this. Like, yeah. do you, find the people who are going to be like, yo, that's that's a piece of shit. You should know that. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> it's so true.
2: Yeah. I mean I, I can't I can't think of a better place to end it. Well, Micah, do you have any final words of wisdom or uh, special plugs for where we people can find more about you and your your voicemails?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the biggest thing I want to plug is that, you know, reach out to people. Like there are like you were saying, web series chat, like there's script pipeline. Script pipeline does a really good job of connecting people and connecting screenwriters to each other and filmmakers. And they're all around, like, I honestly, like, I don't really like a lot of competition, like the screenplay and film competition stuff, but they're good people and they really actually care. Um, And like, they will go out of their way for you if you, then they'll set up phone calls with you and just be like, hey, like, how you doing? Like, like, what are you looking for creatively? Like, you know? Um and they do like they've been doing on Twitter they've been doing like exactly like Web Series chat, they do pi- hashtag pipeline writers and they try to connect people through that. I don't think there's much for filmmakers just yet. I wish I could start one and start getting it trending or Christina maybe you have a bigger following than I do. Um like let's <laughs> let's connect filmmakers, like the do the same thing and chat with people. But other than that, like what am I doing right now? If you want to know more about me, <laughs> uh, my website is mikaazamkhan.com, or you can follow me on Twitter, uh, which is MK underscore plus ultra or Instagram, MK plus ultra or add me on Facebook. I don't. And, and as long as you chat with me, like let's let's talk. Let's not just uh, stare at each other like from afar. Like we don't know. Like if we don't know each other, I don't want to. This is an American Beauty. I'm not trying to film you with like as a paper bag like flying around. Like, let's talk.
2: Uh, where can people watch your film?
0: Oh, Vimeo, Vimeo, Twitter. It's it's my first pinned tweet on Twitter. Or you can go on Facebook and look up Me Cute on Dance World, which is my latest film. You can find it on Facebook. I made a page for it and everything. Other than that, like, I just want to wish everybody good luck. Like, it's tough. It's hard. Is a hard industry to be in? There's a lot of rejection and there's a lot of failing. And I feel like as long as you can push through, accept where you fail like it's hard to accept where you fail it's it really um and and take breaks i mean i i always tell people this really stupid story about the axe, like the tree cutter when i tell them to, that it, when i really want to like tell them they need to relax or like really like take a step back like but there's this stupid story about this axe cutter or this tree cutter We goes to this lumber company and he's just like i'm going to be the best tree cutter you've ever had i brought my own axe look at it it's really shiny and the guy, the guy who owns the lumber company is like, oh, my God. Okay, cool. I love your enthusiasm. I'm, I'm so excited if you be the best tree cutter I ever had. And he goes out and he cuts the trees. He cuts 18 trees down in one day. And the guy is like, whoa, this is crazy. I've never had anybody cut 18 trees down. This is insane. And then he's like, don't worry. Tomorrow I'm going to do 20. And he's like, whoa, 20? That's insane. That's a, that's, you work, you, your work ethics insane. And so he comes back the next day and he, ch- he chops down more trees and he gets 16. And he's and the guy's like, don't worry, it's an off day. Like you did really good yesterday, I'm sure. He's like, don't worry, tomorrow I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna do even better. And he comes back and he, he, he does fifteen. And the next day he comes back and does thirteen and twelve. And he's and he's like, then the the guy who owns the company's like, oh, like are you okay? He's like, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm working as hard as they can to do to cut these trees down. And I'm the, the this is the hardest I've ever worked, and I know that I'm doing it right. And then the guy, the owner of the the tree company asked, well, when's the last time you sharpened your ax? And it's like, he hadn't because he'd just been so focused on working. And um, Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing. Like people need to, I don't know if that's a stupid story or not, but people sit down and really understand, like, you can do all the work you want. You can be relentless and work 24 seven, sit down and understand, like, you need to sharpen your ax sometimes. You got to, you got to understand, like, it's not all work. It's sometimes craft sometimes it's finding and it's the the proverbial like sharpening of the axe is, is is so many different things in filmmaking it's finding your right collaborators it's learning more about the craft it's learning more about screenwriting it's learning about everything that is involved in filmmaking to sharpen your axe and go back out there chop some more trees stop sharpen chop some more trees like and practice 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 like the act of chopping these trees is practice until you get
2: Incredible at it. I love that. That yeah. was not a stupid story. That was, yeah, was that was story. wonderful. So, uh, Christina, you want to take us out?
1: <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much, Micah. No problem. And thanks so much to Kelsey Rauber for our theme music and Kaylee Brown for our podcast art. And to all of you for listening, you can find more about Kelsey at KelseyRauber.com and more about Kaylee at KayleeChristina.com. Links, as always, in our episode description.
2: And remember to subscribe to this podcast so you get notified of all of our new episodes dropping every other Thursday. Except in October when they will be weekly every Thursday. Rate us five stars if you haven't already. And make sure to come back next time because next episode we will be covering imposter syndrome and how to tackle it. So be sure to tune in. Thanks, everyone.